Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Mel Peralta, Senior Director of Foot Locker's in-house incubator, Project Greenhouse. With Greenhouse, the legacy retailer is pairing up-and-coming designers with mentors, selling products almost exclusively through its app and looking to find the next big thing in footwear. I ask Mel what role Greenhouse plays for Foot Locker and whether the company's mountain of data about customer patterns plays a part in what product drops sell out. That's up next. Hey, Mel. What up, Joe? Hi, welcome. Hey, you're a Glossy 50 honoree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super excited. Thank you guys very much for uh, for including me in the awesome list. We only invite the best of the best to our podcast. You know. There it is. <laughs> oh, so let's talk. You are at Project Greenhouse. What is this? This is affiliated with Foot Locker in what capacity? Uh, Project Greenhouse is uh, Foot Locker's incubator to find, you know, what's next. You know, we like to use the word next to be, you know, like if you write it down on a piece of paper, you write what in regular font and next in like size 72 font. Right? Yes. So it's really about finding, you know, the the next generation and opportunities in retail and brands and, you know, just kind of anything that kind of moves and motivates youth culture. Awesome. Where do you find these collaborators or how do you determine what's next? Are you just studying every channel culture? What, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, you know, whether it's whether it's, you know, you know, on my phone on the train home, whether it's, you know, just seeing what kids are wearing, walking into all types of stores, you know, going to, you know, all the big cultural landmark moments, events, festivals, working with, you know, our, you know, awesome PR partners at Lead or with, you know, our agency at Team Epiphany or, you know, it's really our job to just, you know, have our our finger on the pulse and, and really not just from like a, hey, what can be cool and make money? That's not really our role. It's really just about what is emotionally speaking to youth culture out in the world today. Okay, great. Very new project. Uh, September, October-ish? Yes, September. Okay, so... Very, very news. Let's talk Babies. your background. Yeah. <laughs> um, what attracted you to Foot Locker? What, was your, what were you doing prior? Um, so, I, you know, I, I won't give you the super long version of, right? <laughs> I got some, a little bit of gray hair. So, you know, there's, there's a long story there. But, um, you know, prior to this rollover at Foot Locker, I was leading on uh, global special projects and collaborations at Timberland for a bit. Cool. Um, I wasn't there for too long. That was actually my first, you know, job working for someone in over 15 years. Yeah. Um, and prior to that, I just kind of, you know, always owned all my own businesses. Um, you know, um, I'm still a partner in a consultancy where we kind of work on youth culture initiatives and things out in the world. You know, it's funny you mentioned SpongeBob right before I walked in. We work on SpongeBob related stuff all the time yes. of all things. Um, you know, like the Kyrie SpongeBob thing was one of our projects and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and that's called uh, SSG, Stadium Status Group. And, you know, and before that, uh, some friends and I had gotten together to launch a few brands. And those the most successful of them was... Uh, a watch brand named the uh, Flood Watches, F L U D Watches. Got it. I love that um, your consultancy stadium status group. I think I don't know if this is a tagline, but it definitely is on your LinkedIn. It says merging the world of cool with the world of commerce. I feel like that's what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I wish I wish I could tell you that this was all planned. It absolutely wasn't. So don't let me ever lie to you and tell you that it was. Um, <laughs> there was a bunch of serendipity, but at the same time, I think it was just you know, just you know, you know. I think I think 
kind of like the I don't I don't know if it's like streetwear ethos, but really like the youth culture ethos is just kind of like you know I want to be creative and I want to do something that's really just going to impress my friends and see what they think about it. You know, yes. it wasn't really about you know doing things at big retail or doing things out at stores or all over the world. It was literally like, you know, I like what my friends are doing. I want to do something different, but that also compliments. Yeah. They were all doing t-shirt brands, you know, and, and uh, you know, my really good friend Doug Cohen and I uh, uh, got together to be able to kind of, you know, bring flood out to the world. And it was like, well, they're doing tees and hoodies and everything else. Let's do watches. Nobody's doing watches at the time, you know, yeah. and, you know, we're in our 20s and we were so broke at the time. Um, you know, it was, it was so broke really at that time that we, we didn't have, we never called ourselves CEO or COOs or anything like that. We called ourselves creative directors and brand directors. One of the big reasons was, is that we had no money to really, you know, like pay for advertising or anything at that time. Yeah. We're like 25, 26 years old, right? We're like operating this thing out of his mom's like basement in Queens, right? <laughs> and, and really whenever, you know, anybody would kind of come to us and say, Hey, we want you guys to advertise. I'd be like, Hey, you know what? Let me go talk to our jerk COO and see if they'll let let some budget loose, right? But it was, we didn't have bosses. It was just, you know, three, four, five, you know, young men and women that were just, you know, like kind of tied at the hip to to just build something that was cool and fun. Yeah, so brands were coming to you for the cool factor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, what, what ended up happening was this was pre like crazy youth culture licensing, right? I think I think whenever you would see any kind of like license stuff, it would be at like Walmart or Target or like these big stores, right? Before you started seeing all of these IP collabs all over the place, um, you know, and, and we kind of started doing these different collabs and it really started with SpongeBob, but then it went into like the NBA, it went into Disney, it went into all these other different, you know, things and, 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 uh, and IPs out in the space. And, you know, those companies would come back to us and say, hey, you guys are a tiny company, but you're doing such a good job marketing and launching these things. What if you guys just kind of came and helped us do this across a bunch of other you know, projects, right? Yeah. So, you know, you know, least to now, we've had an almost decade-long relationship with Nickelodeon and, you know, all of these cool SpongeBob things and Paw Patrol and, you know, Ninja Turtles and all of these other awesome kind of projects, um, you know, and, and we, I was able career-wise to be able to transition that a little bit into my role at Timberland, but also really here at Greenhouse or within the Foot Locker kind of, you know, organization. And really, you know, our, our biggest hit was probably this Kyrie SpongeBob thing where, yeah. you know, hundreds of thousands of shoes were sold around the world, you know, Amazing. and that was... And it was super cool. You know, I took, I, t- I had my three-year-old and my 13-year-old with me. We we're getting our passports this morning at the passport office. And they were both wearing Kyrie SpongeBob shoes. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like coming People full like, you have the coolest kids ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they think I'm cool. I'll say that much. <laughs> Love it. Um, so you caught the attention of Foot Locker, basically. Yep. Yep, 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 totally. So, so you know, I, I was it was at an all star game, and I ran into a, a few friends of mine that had just finished taking on some roles at Foot Locker, some really awesome roles. Jason Brown, he's the VP of marketing at Champs. Richie Cruz, he's our senior director of integrated marketing at Foot Locker. And you know, we sat down and we spoke to uh, to Vlad Estevern, who's our VP of corporate strategy. He handles like investments and all that fun stuff that you're seeing Foot Locker. Uh, you know, our team kind of uh, speaking of. Yeah. And our CMO Jed Berger, and they were they were talking to me about this thing, and they wouldn't say the name. It, it almost felt like a covert kind of like, you know, like if you say anything to anybody, you'll disappear, right? <laughs> so they kind of put the fear of God in me to not to not speak about Greenhouse at all. Um, and they wouldn't say the name. And, you know, after a couple of months of speaking, they kind of said, okay, this is Greenhouse. You know, would you like to, you know, join the team and lead it and just help us launch this thing? And, you know, I was I was a little hesitant at first, to be honest, right? How come? Um, 
because I, I feel like I've been around the block enough where, you know, you have corporate entities that say they want to do really progressive things. But, you know, with a, with big publicly traded companies, the P&L report is the first and last thing, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, so I really had to kind of like challenge senior leadership and just kind of say, like, how vested are, are we really into this? And, you know, I, you know, I've been there now for a little bit over a year and a half, getting ready to launch and then now post-launch. And they've kept true to every single word that they said to me, which is absolutely awesome and reassuring. And just like, you know, it's, it's super encouraging, right, that, yeah. you know, I have a direct line to, you know, the CMO, the president, the CEO of, you know, an $8 billion global organization that is the best at selling footwear across the world, right? So being able to have that support was was key and integral. And without that, without them kind of believing in this and being fully vested into it, not just like P&L financially, but emotionally, yeah. right? Like wanting to, to do this, um, you know, was was music to my ears. And it's been awesome since. Totally. Was the uh, Foot Locker's investment in GOAT, was that before or after they approached you? Uh, that was, they were already working on that. Yeah. So that wasn't, you know, we weren't uh, uh, directly tied into that, but we've been able to work on a few other a uh, few other things since then, right? So, you yeah. know, we worked with our friends over at Network, you know, and, and Aaron Levant is, uh, you know, is a, is a genius when it comes to stuff. And, you know, Small World, you know, Aaron's showroom, maybe close to like 10 years ago, used to carry my watch brand. Oh, cool. Right? So like, it's just, you know, this, you already know this, Jill, right? Like this world, this thing that we work in, whether you call it media, fashion, footwear, whatever it is that you call it, it's youth culture yeah. and it's, and it's tiny, right? Yeah. And if, and if you're doing things that are impactful, the older you get, the smaller the world kind of feels. Yep. And to be able to just kind of work with your friends that are now leaders in the space when you were all young and broke and just trying to figure <laughs> it out is a blessing in itself. Definitely. I mean, sneakers, streetwear, everybody's uh, kind of calling themselves <laughs> that now maybe that wasn't right. uh, prior. Um, talk to me about your your shopper and how it differs from maybe the more mainstream. I don't know if you call it mainstream, more mainstream footlocker shopper versus who's shopping uh, greenhouse. I think the green. That's a great question. So I think the um, the greenhouse uh, consumer is a little bit more experimental in their style, right? Yeah. I think they are. You know, they are are less married to specific price points, and they're a lot more conscious of what speaks to them emotionally from a storytelling standpoint. Maybe even from the very beginning of how a product is made, yeah. right? You know, we're launching something in a, in a few weeks with Dowie Chow. You know, from Public School yeah. CFD Award winner, great friend, known him for a while. Um, you know, and, and you know, he kind of, you know, when I first approached him, Jed and I first approached him on working with Greenhouse, you know, he challenged us back and he was like, yeah, cool, we could do some great collabs, but what if we do something that has deeper meaning and deeper purpose? And that's probably, you know, that and another project are probably the the prime examples of why Greenhouse even exists out in the space, uh -huh. right? It was, it was him just saying like, look, I want to be able to make goods that are made with better purpose, better intent, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that you know, are much more eco-friendly than what's out in the space. And to be able to access those goods, you have to earn the right to be able to access those goods. Yes. It's not just line up and purchase. It's make a real commitment to Mother Nature, to the earth, in order to be able to be a part of that community that can access those goods, right? Nice, yeah. And, and prior to, I'm not saying that we couldn't we couldn't have sold that somehow at Foot Locker, but you almost, you know, you, tr you truly need a team that is dedicated to be able to launch that type of project, be able to work with that type of creative to be able to make it make sense. Totally. You know, um, and I think, I think big box stores in general, you know, I think creatives are a little bit scared, right? I mean, I was nervous, right? Ty, Ty Neal, um, who is uh, uh, on our 
senior leadership women's team. You know, she came, you know, she and I met probably close to 10 years ago. By, at the time, she was the accessories head of accessories buying at Foot Locker. Oh, okay. We met in Vegas, right? We're both from Harlem, uptown. <laughs> we met in Vegas, and she wanted to carry, you know, my watch brand, right, at the time. And I was scared. I was terrified to be able to sell because Foot Locker didn't know how tiny we were. Yeah. Right? And, and you know, with being tiny, you can be nimble. You can be fast. You can be quick, right? You can be a speedboat that if you see something shiny to the side, you just make a sharp left. Totally. Right? Yeah. Big box brands, Foot Locker included, you know, we're massive. We're naval carriers, right? So it's like you can't make a sharp left. You have to try of course yeah. to be able to make the left right so that being the case it was just like okay I, you know myself my team fabiano victoria we come from that same background where we understand that there are you know there is a level of hesitancy for some of the leading smaller youth culture brands to want to be able to interact so with greenhouse it's how do we get rid of that hesitancy how do we kind of like massage those fears away and just let them know no this is what greenhouses this is how we differ from big box you know players x y and z and this is how we're able to help you nice so it's um the opportunity to have maybe maybe have more creative freedom maybe uh be able to put out something more sustainable maybe be able to connect it with a message or a an organization that they believe in or is, is that all those things Absolutely yes, absolutely okay. yes. Look, I, you know, we 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 are, you know, we speak of greenhouse sometimes in like kind of like a nebulous space, right? Yeah. You know, and you know, in, in one of our senior meetings, you know, Dick Johnson was there, Jake Jacobs, everybody kind of laughed because they were like, "So how do you pick people?" And I'm like, "Easy, we just got to find whoever's dope." Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and it was that same Easy laugh, <laughs> right, right, that same laugh you just gave me, Jill, right? You know, and everybody just said, okay, we get it. You know, we understand. And it's, it's you know, how do you quantify emotion? Yeah. You know, we have amazing access to data, right? Full Locker is amazing at it, right? Totally. So, so we have that covered, um, you know, but but how do you how do you tap into what is moving a kid emotionally, where you can't predict what they're going to do next, but there are people out in the space that are able to move them from point A to point B. Those are the partners that we want to work with and work sense. with them early on. Yes. What uh, Foot Locker data is helpful for you? You know, it's, it's oh man, how many, you know, hundreds of millions of people walk into the store, go to our e-com, right? Yeah. We're able to know what it is that they like to shop for, how it is that they're buying it, how much time they're spending inside. I mean, everything that you could kind of think of yeah. from a retail perspective, Falaka is amazing at being able to have that. So being able to tap into that, but then also say, okay, we have that formulator part of it down. Now let's look at, you know, youth culture leader, Dao Yi Chow, for example, who yeah. doesn't have access to any of that data. Not that we're sharing it because obviously we can't, but being able to just kind of say, okay, if Dao's doing this creatively and mm-hmm. we have all of our customers saying that they want this, how do we figure out how to marry both of those things? Totally. Let's take a quick break. Let's talk, uh, circle back to kind of the business model. Everything is sold via an app. Yes. Is that still... Still yeah, so yep. it's sold via via app, and then there are experiential retail moments, um, and those moments can start, you know, inside of a Foot Locker store, outside of a Foot Locker store, or, or you know, maybe a boutique partner, kind of, you yeah. know, anything kind of in between. You know, I'll give you an example. We have uh, next week Friday in Paris. Uh, I don't know if you'll be out there next week. <laughs> um, unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I won't either, but my team will be. <laughs> You're just making me jealous. No, no, yeah, what's no, going we'll, on? We'll, we'll hang out together here in New York. Um, so we're launching our New Balance and Paperboy collaboration. Oh, great. Right? I saw that being teased on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So Paperboy is a really, really awesome uh, cool youth culture restaurant um, that's located in um, in the La Halle section of Paris. They're like in between like the first and second um, district. And, you know, those guys, are just, they just have an amazing eye for design, not just for food. Yes. 
All right. So they've, you know, we, you know, we saw them a couple of years ago when they were doing their Beams Japan collaborations and everything going on. And they had never had a footwear drop ever. We're able to speak cool. to, to our friends over at New Balance, Joe Grande and Katie Murphy and those guys. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's make this dream into a reality. And they saw it right away. So we're launching that in Paris at their restaurant, first and foremost, on the 17th. Two weeks later, we're going to have a pop up shop here in New York and it'll be available at the app and then at our 34th Street Foot Locker location as well. Oh, great. Okay, interesting. We've we've talked briefly about this in the past, this kind of crossover between <laughs> food or restaurants and uh, fashion streetwear. It's wild. I just heard about uh, something that launched on, I guess, T-Mall, maybe, uh, but uh, Alexander Wang and McDonald's and this, like, bag sold out, like, in seconds. Um, what's happening there? I think, I think you know, it's—, it's it's one of the reasons why I don't I don't necessarily use the word streetwear, right? And yeah. I like using youth culture all the time. I mean, you know, think about the things that you love, right? It can't just all be about, you know, gear and kicks 24-7, 365. You know, what what else do we like? We like video games and we like food. Oh, you know, we got to eat, right, in some <laughs> way, shape, or form. Um, you know, so, you know, the food, you know, the the, uh, the that food angle is also super important to it. I mean, art is a part of it, right? So when you think about cultural lens, it's not, it's not only about, you know, you know, a gender breakdown, a racial breakdown, or anything like that. It's really about interest first and foremost, right? And and to be honest with you, you know, again, you know, going back to the gray hairs, I've I've been able to kind of go to Europe and Asia quite a few times in my career. You know, it's it's it also builds a sense of community, even if there isn't a. Um, a direct language, right? So yeah. your sneakers become a part of your language. Your food tastes become a part of your language, right? Yeah. So when you're posting something on IG and it speaks to this awesome ramen and you're seeing somebody that barely speaks the language, you know, writing back to you and saying, yo, you know, that ramen is awesome. <laughs> I went there as well. Yep. And you guys are wearing the same Georgias or the same New Balances or the same Adidas's. You kind of know that chances are that person likes the same music, you know? We yep. both probably also like Jay-Z. We both probably like Sade or whatever that music kind of is. Yep. So you're able to kind have the sense of community even as you travel in the world and even if you can't speak the language definitely one collaboration at a time correct so once something sells out do you launch a new one like what if something sells out in minutes are you ready to go with the next one how does that work so for us, it's it's about just, you know, having really impactful storytelling. So, yeah, to your point, we only launch one story at a time. And when that story is available, you can't shop anything else, you know. And it's happened to us, right? We did, a, we did an awesome project with uh, Breaking Bad and K-Swiss. That was super, super cool. It sold out in minutes, crashed the app. And uh, a lot of Breaking Bad fans were super upset that they weren't able to buy it, right? Yes. But then, you know, speaking to the to the emotionalness of it, we had this one kid that was just killing us on Instagram stories, right? It's like, Greenhouse, you guys suck. I can't buy my thing. Uh, uh, uh. And he, he posted a gel like 10 or 11 or 12 different stories. Did he have a large in. following? <laughs> Semi-large, right? I, oh, as a matter of fact, it was bigger than I was. No, but then check this out. Then the final the final post that he had was, got my kicks. Thanks, Greenhouse. Love you guys. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, you can't, you can't pay for a marketing spot. You can't pay for a campaign to give you that. Totally. That's the emotional tie-in of, I really love this TV show. I want to have this collaboration by any means necessary. And now that I have it, I'm happy. I wasn't happy for about four minutes before. But I'm happy now. It shows the passion. Absolutely, yes. those shoes. Are you still a team of three? <laughs> uh, we're a team of three. We added on uh, Alex Goldstick uh, uh, to handle all of our social internally. Got it. Um, and, and we'll be growing very soon as well. Got it. So who are the other positions? Um, it's Fabiano Amaram, who's our head of product. Yep. Um, he was a former buyer over at Bodega and Carmelo before that. Um, so super awesome to be able to have him on board. Um, and Victoria Chang, who uh, handles all of our marketing. 
right on and everything else. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. No plans to grow it for now. You're just like small and nimble yeah. and mighty. I, I think you have to be, right? I think, I think you know, and that was a, a lesson that I learned early on that like, you know, when we were four or five of us at Flood, right? And even at SSG and then we grew to 20 or 30 people at Flood, you know, the, the business of the business got in the way of creativity so quickly. You yeah. know, and now here I am, I'm, you know, 29, 30, 31 years old and I'm picking out people's like insurance plans and I'm picking out like, you know, and I'm like, man, all I want to do is really, you know, come up with some cool ideas and some cool concepts. And I'm worrying about my investors and this and that. And, you know, it sounds like I'm complaining, but I'm really not. But, <laughs> you know, for us, it's it's how do you keep that mentality of a speedboat? Right. I think you have to, you know, keep it as nimble and as small as possible, because if not, then you just start kind of growing into, you know, regular big retailer kind of problems. Yeah. Are you guys investing a lot in marketing? We, we've talked a lot with, um, we had Matt Scanlon on the, on the podcast from Nottam and he's launching, um, or he's becoming CEO of, or, and kind of co-launching brands with Takoon and, um, an influencer, Ariel Charnas. And he was really saying, you know, my thing is I want to team with these folks that already have a great following. And, um, it kind of, you, that cuts customer acquisition costs, that kind of, that will get you off the ground so much faster and secu- kind of secure your business. How would you describe it? Are you doing the same thing? The exact same thing. So yeah. like our first, our first launch was our uh, All Creators Drop, right? So we worked with, you know, public school in Dowie. We worked with the uh, boys from uh, LA and uh, Mar- and, uh, and uh, Washington, D.C. That starts Monday. We worked with Nicole McLaughlin, who's absolutely amazing, right? She went, in one year, she went from like a few hundred followers to like 250,000 followers followers right awesome. yeah so all via creativity all via her craftsmanship and her and her handiwork and whatnot right yep. we worked with uh you know julianne Coy and v files we worked with you know uh the guys at paperboy and also a life nice. for us it was all about doing it in a hyper authentic kind of way so yeah we had beautiful content obviously that went along with everything and you found this content across a bunch of blogs and the streetwear world and youth culture kind of worlds and whatnot right but for us it was like you know the product is the marketing you know yeah. and, th- and that's not just a uh, a greenhouse thing that's just footlocker overall right like you know if 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 at the if you're not involved at the product creation process of something that you're saying as an organization is meaningful to you then how meaningful is it really yes right so you have to be in from the very beginning because you can't just tie in you can't just try to tack on some marketing at the end when your designer and product teams were thinking this is going to be a pizza food shoe collab but it changes it goes through so many iterations as it touches so many teams from the brand partner to the designer to then the retailer and then finally you end up doing marketing that looks like a cartoon or just something weird that has nothing to do with the initial product creation kind of idea and thinking, you're having a serious disconnect, you know? Yes. Yeah, and, you know, and, and that that really comes from, you know, Jake, you know, Jed Berger, Andy Gray, who run our North America teams, you know, their thing is really just kind of, you know, the ethos is, is the product is the marketing. Let's get all teams involved at the very onset of any new projects that are coming out that we know we're going to be our biggest projects for the year. Yes. And really with Greenhouse, because we are a product creation hub and we're not just launching other people's things all the time we have to be involved with every single project at the very beginning you know which is why you know we started almost two years ago working on this but we launched in september of last year yes it takes time to make stuff yes so uh your collab you'll team with a collaborator how how far in advance do you start working with them 
Oh, I mean, you know, we have, you know, we have a couple of projects that are coming out this fall that we yeah. started working on 18 months ago. Okay, that makes so sense. So they're launching two years after the fact, you know, but the garments are that intricate. The footwear is that intricate. The, you know, and for, and for us, one of the beautiful things of this being um, an initiative that is led by Foot Locker, look, Foot Locker is absolutely amazing at the yearly PL, the monthly PL, the weekly, the daily PL, right? Yes. You know, you you hear, you know, Jed and Andy speak about that, you know, all the time. So really, how do we create something that didn't have the crazy stresses of the PL attached to it yes. and was really a product creation engine, thus greenhouse, right? So for us it isn't like, okay, you know, you know, if this thing doesn't come out this quarter, it's gonna be terrible. Yeah. No, let's get it right and then let's launch it at the right time. Totally. What are the parameters? Is it uh Apparel, sneakers, I mean, what are the rules? Uh, uh, the rules are there are no rules. Yeah. Right? So for, you know, is it is it a content-only play, right? Is it, you know, furniture? Is it bicycles? Is it whatever it is that's kind of out in the space um, is, is all fair game for us. Yes. I love that you mentioned content because I wanted to ask you about your uh, video strategy. I know that there's been um, out of the greenhouse, also greenhouse sounds. Like, what what's the plan with video? What's going on? So for for us, um, video is a, is a key component, right? It's 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 right up there with anything, you know, with any experiential moment or anything kind of like that. You know, for us, we you know you want to be able to convey, you want to be able to stop the scroll first and foremost. How do you make a kid that's scrolling through Instagram that's being inundated with you know thousands of things on any given day? How do you make them say, okay, let me stop this? This is really awesome storytelling for us. So for us, I mean, I think you notice you never see a greenhouse member. In any video, right? Because yeah. it's a lot less about greenhouse than it is the creative community that we're supporting. Yeah. So we want you to hear the VFA story straight from Julianne. We want you to hear the Paperboy story straight from Banga. You want to hear it from his mouth, from his lips, right? Yeah. So for us, it's it's all about you know how do we have long form editorial style content on the app because we do think that there is a little bit of a lost art form there, um, you know, of of just reading long form stuff just on your phone overall. Yeah. And then how do you give you know short video content snippets that'll be able to kind of tie A to B the yes. long form to the to the video content as well. That makes sense. What do you think are some of the biggest threats in the uh, streetwear sneaker world, I guess? I mean, there's the resale game, which I don't know, some people hate, some people embrace and say, you know, it's good, good for press, it yeah. makes our brand look good. Well, first, let's hit on that, resale. Um, so I think... You know, I think I think it's so first off, first off, when you just speak sneakers in general, you are going to have the most love hate relationship at any point in time. You might wake up to some crazy DMs that you had no idea were coming just because sneakers, just the sneaker community. Right. Like that core group is just so hardcore and they're so in love with every aspect of it. Right. You know, and and it's also varying. Right. I think kids are now kids older. Right. What I mean by it is, is that, you know, you have, you know, you know, you don't have the old school thing where where my dad had to wear a shirt and tie at the age of 32 to work every single day. Now it's like, you know, my kid, my 13 year old and I kind of dress the same. and My wife looks at us like we're crazy sometimes. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, we both love Nike and Air Max and Stone Island. And it just kind of is yeah. what, you know, Bape and everything else. Right. So, you know, we're all kind of kids older. Right. We're playing video games a lot older in life where, you know, all enjoying a lot of the same things much older. So I think that there's this kind of like love hate relationship between the different generations when it comes to sneakers. And then when you inject resale into it, you know, I, you know, I think I think that um, I don't know if the brands really care much for resale, but I do like that resale now allows an opportunity for you to get something if you didn't have a chance to buy it, yeah. right? Now, resale pricing, I feel like, is a different monster, but yeah. it's like anything, you know, it's like, 
you know, any kind of collectible that's out there, right? You collect it, you know, you grew up There's and you were collecting man. stamps and you were collecting baseball cards. And I got a Derek Jeter rookie card and I'm trying to sell it in a couple years. And it's the same thing. Yes. It's just that the commodity is different. Totally. You know? But, um, but I, I don't have any real issues with it. Um, you know, I think of anything, it's creating opportunity. And any time that you have something come in and shake up the industry to be able to create new lanes of business, new lanes of revenue. And, you know, to help with all that, that's able to just get what people want. Yeah. into their hands, into their homes. It's awesome. What's what's the hate about it? Yeah. As as you do these drops, are you doing anything to kind of prevent the hoarders and the, the people that scoop it up and sell it immediately? Um, you know, it's 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 something that we speak about all the time, right? Um, I think it's tough. Yeah. You know, I think it's, you know, I think, you know, yeah, we're able to on the back end make sure that we're not, you know, attacked by a bunch of bots, right? You want to make sure... But, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And, you know, there's going to be, you know, you could come up with all the anti-bot software that you want. At some point in time, yeah. somebody's going to figure out something that's better than bots out in the space, you know. <laughs> and you deal with that problem whenever you kind of get to it, you know. Um, you know, but but for us, it's it's more so about, like, you know, just making sure that kids are able to kind of get their hands on stuff or at least have the chance to be able to do yes. it, you know. Seriously. Um, so for us, it's, it's a lot less about... You know, hey, let's design a shoot. Like, we haven't had one conversation where we're like, oh, man, you know, let's hurry up and partner with Person X because we want the shoe to resell for $1,000. It's not the ethos that we have. You yeah. know, I'm sure some people are kind of creating that way. But, you know, we, we don't really care about it. Yeah. I mean, is it also a threat, uh, not like the brands like Nike and Adidas, uh, going pulling back more on uh, their wholesale partners, going direct to consumer? I would think for Foot Locker that would be um, a threat. And having these exclusives... Uh, you know, maybe it's not directly linked to, I mean, you are part of Foot Locker, but um, having these exclusives is, is super important. And that's kind of the strategy here. How would you describe it? I think I think the entire the entire retail landscape is looking for whether that's it's SMUs, you know, special makeups or whatever it is. You want to be able to differentiate yourself. A, you want to be able to always be a good partner both ways, right? Yeah. So you know, while everybody is is obviously having some really awesome aspirations on the D to C side, you know, I think at the same time we are a first in class partner on that side. Yeah. So you know, I, th I think you know, I think everybody's kind of holding hands when it comes to certain strategies that are out in the space, right? So I think, you know, how do you differentiate yourself from all of the other retailers that are out in the space? Experience is a big part of that, right? Um, and I don't just mean experiential and build out and everything else. I just mean like, hey, how about just treating people nicely when they walk into the store? What a concept. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's you know, it's just, it's just how do you give a top tier consumer experience in every single way, shape and form and then also have amazing product to go along with it? I think those are the things that Falak is pretty awesome at. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, Greenhouse was going to be uh, one of the collaborations was going to be in store at maybe some Foot Locker locations. Will we be, see, be seeing more of your your product in store, Foot Locker stores? And also, like I, I skimmed the Foot Locker's uh, website briefly just to see if there was like a link or a tab. Will there be more crossover? I didn't see one, but is there one? Um, when you say more link or crossover, do you mean from like a corporate side of things or more from like a... From a consumer uh, perspective, like if they're on the site, like, oh, what's Greenhouse while they're... Gaming Foot Locker. For sure, for sure. So, so that's to come. 
um, wow. in terms of a in terms of a, of product, we've already started it, right? So yeah. when we launched uh, V Thousand Feel, our V Thousand Feel collab, it was a a small moment on our greenhouse app. And what I mean by it is, it was a limited amount of SKUs, but with very impactful storytelling. Yeah. And we launched that about two weeks before it came into our key doors in in New York, right? Okay. And, and globally, so we had them in New York. We had them in about eight to ten stores throughout Europe. We had them in a couple stores in in Asia. So we had some APAC. Uh, um, uh, availability as well and everything that kind of comes to life in the stores and online comes with a tagline that says out of the greenhouse so here go our projects that now come into the Foot Locker ecosystem awesome well, it sounds like you have the most the coolest job ever. I'm just going to look at dope stuff all day (laughs) dope is is the word of the day (laughs) anything we didn't talk about um, what are you excited about now? everything (laughs) No, SpongeBob. SpongeBob for sure. No, I think I think I think really just just you know the next wave of partners that we're going to be introducing yeah. is super super exciting, right? Like you know we launched Greenhouse Sounds, we launched Greenhouse Canvas, which was awesome. But you know later this year we're going to launch Project Three Sixty Six. This is the first the first you know kind of like in person like uh, interview where I'm kind of like speaking on it. You know um, what is this? Project 366. So okay. for us, it's 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 about how do you support an unheralded entrepreneur out in the space, right? Cool. So we're working with a really awesome brand, a really awesome creative that I can't say yet, but we are looking for, and we'll make an announcement for this in the, in the coming months, but we'll be looking for a kid that is just unknown and unheralded, and how do we help them build their brand? Nice. How do they go from, you know, 300 followers on IG to then having products sold at Full Locker, collaborating with one of their be- one of their favorite sneaker brands, collaborating with an OG designer in the space, you know? So we've spoken about it a little bit here and there, but really now it's really starting to take legs, and we'll be launching that later this year. What does uh, success in year one look like to you? Um, that's a great question. Um, outside, of, outside of anything financial, because I think we've kind of like hit on the drop selling, the product selling, yeah. having those moments. I think it's, I think it's, you know, validation from our consumers, right? So, like, I think it's, and, and I don't mean it just from a shopping perspective, but, you know, just seeing the comments that say, so when is this coming out? Yeah. When is this happening? Hey, why don't you work with this person or that person or anything else? I think for us, it's mind share, right? It's being able to have, um, being able to be, you know, a leader in that kind of conversation of, hey, you guys see that these drops are coming out. And by the way, the greenhouse drop is also coming out, you yeah. know? So we've had a little bit of that, which has been really, really awesome early on. Um, you know, I, w- I wish I could tell you that, you know, I was a thousand percent positive that all of this stuff was going to blow. You never really know until yeah. it comes out, right? Like kids don't lie to you, you know? They'll let you know if they think that, you know, your stuff is whack or your stuff is dope. They'll let you know right away. Um, and luckily, we've been able to kind of, you know, have some really nice success there. So being able to continue that and make it broader. Nice. And for your last question, streetwear, yeah. how, what's your definition? What's my definition of streetwear? It's hard to tell what it even is anymore. You know, I think, I think, I think really what it is is just, you know, at its most basic, at its rawest, at its most like just first kind of like coming out when you're thinking at it from from a brand perspective, streetwear is what can I make that'll that'll make my friends and I move. And yeah. I, and I think it starts there. And then after that, business and retail and everything else kind of becomes a part of it. But really it's how can I make something dope for me and my friends? Dope. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Mel. This was so fun. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. That's all for this episode, which was produced by Pierre Bienname. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. 
please head to the review section on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast to give us a rating and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.